I think. All right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to this uh, Thursday edition of Real Live Talk. Awesome to have you with us. I am back again with the always lovely and currently very pregnant <laughs> uh, Denise Lamastra, my, my lovely, wonderful, amazing wife. Uh, Denise, how you doing? Thanks for being here. I'm doing good. Oh, hey. What are you looking at? I don't know. I feel like I don't know where this is like a different setup than last time. So, so today, well, it is a real live talk podcast today, but I think I'm going to interview Pastor Duke today. <laughs> I'm going to put him in the hot seat today. You're going to interview Pastor Duke today. Yeah. For real? I'm going to put you in the hot seat for for a few minutes. You know, I had like uh, I had this idea for a podcast that uh -huh. I thought would be funny. Because, like, I went through, do you remember, I don't know, it was, like, maybe a month or two ago where I I had ended up with, like, a lot of episodes in a row where I was interviewing, uh, like, a bunch of ladies. Yeah, a bunch of and, ladies. And you were like, how cool are your guests are with? I was like, I don't know. That's just how, that's just how it's set <laughs> it up. That's how it, that's just how it got out. set up. But it was funny because a lot of my a lot of my guests, and I had real, and I enjoyed every single one of them. They had really, really good conversations. But it was just interesting how I had, like, oh. several kind of in a row almost back to back where um, I was talking to women that work primarily with women and so I remember I was having a conversation with um, with one of my guests and I was like is this the first podcast that you've been on where you've been interviewed by a man and and she was like yeah I'm pretty sure it is and so I had I, so as <laughs> as a joke this is a joke okay joke. Um, as a joke I started to say well um, I think it'd be a good idea like if I started a podcast and it would be like all of it would basically be me interviewing women and just mansplaining everything. <laughs> so That's like, so, so for example, <laughs> so for example, I would have somebody on and I'd be like, they'd be an expert in psychology or something like that. And I would just be like, well, actually, Elizabeth, the reason why that happens in the brain is because, and I would just like have, have what some you meant of... <laughs> to say was <laughs> <laughs> you're just a woman with a tiny brain. No, um, terribly offensive. Terribly yeah. offensive. No. Yeah. No, we're all inclusive. Wouldn't actually be a good idea. Yeah. But we get a lot of feedback from that. Not it, in a good positive way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be funny for like 30 seconds and then it wouldn't be funny anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And also no woman would ever come on my podcast. Yeah. So it wouldn't yeah. actually How about work. somebody like a woman do that to men? Men would be really, really upset about that. Like, how dare you woman being so disrespectful? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> anyway, but no, we are all inclusive. <laughs> men and women are equal in this podcast right am i correct yes equal opportunity <laughs> equal opportunity podcast for sure but i do think that it's funny though like now you're saying it that sometimes it seems like um how can i say it with like, words da -da 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 -da. just kidding Dun -dun -dun. um that i think that sometimes is it's like off balance how maybe like certain topics they seem to be more um streamlined towards one or the other you know what i mean and i think that sometimes we make that mistake because at the end of the day i think god made men and women you know we are different there's certain things that are specifically and purposely like again say it purposely different uh, for you know the the assignment and like how God has made us and the purpose for which He has made us, um, but I think that at the end of the day, 
if it's something that has to deal with our heart, it's the same. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. even though we deal with issues of the heart differently, we still deal with the same issues. Um, and I think sometimes there might be a oversight of that. Um, and I don't know. That's just something that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's interesting. It? <laughs> it, it's interesting when because um, I've seen it happen a few times. We've we've done it actually when we've had um, I think like women's conferences and things like that where like there'd be a random like man speaking <laughs> at the women's conference, and it's a, it's always it's an it's an interesting thing because you always think okay if it's a women's conference it's going to be all all female mm-hmm. speakers and like every everybody pretty much involved is going to be female. Uh, but I have seen it done where there's just been a session or two where, you know, a, a, a man has come in just to kind of give his voice on a particular subject or perspective or whatever. And it always seems kind of weird and out of place. But I think that it's a yeah. that it's an interesting dynamic. I think right. it's I think it's and a, I think a we cool need dynamic. Both, perspe- both perspectives. I'm sorry, my air. Sometimes this baby. The baby's like pushing on the pushes my lungs in yeah. a weird way a lot of tension in my diaphragm so i lose my (laughs) just kind (laughs) of either that or i completely run out of air anyway yeah um i do think that we need both perspectives though i mean i definitely appreciate you know when i am dealing with something to hear from the perspective of um a man you know because it you look at things differently. I mean, you have a different perspective, you know. Um, and if we put to the side, you know, the gender anyway, like everybody has a different perspective about things. Um, so sometimes it's good to hear the other side, the opposite side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in topics, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to open a Pandora box, but you know, like in issues like, like, like abortion or parenting or. Um, I don't know, things that, you know, we could so easily just connect it and say, oh, that's, that only only pertains to the woman, like, or, you know, she has a higher stake on the issue mm-hmm. than the other. Right. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that sometimes we make the mistake, and honestly, I mean, I could say that for, for years and for a season of my life, like, I was very feminist, you know, or very, like, pro-women, like, <clears throat> this way. And, uh-huh. and I think that that's an extreme, too. There's there's compl- uh, unhealthy extreme to mm-hmm. go one way or the other, um, you know, like where it's all about all about the girls, you know, like women power and women are better than men. And just to have that perspective, I think that it's not it's not realistic um, in terms of the perspective that we are supposed to have, you know, based on the principles of God and on the principles of the kingdom, because that could just be your opinion and it's okay for you maybe you have an opinion that is more geared in that sense but your opinion should not override what god says you know and yeah sometimes it's hard it's hard it's a hard thing to navigate you know or you could be completely opposite the self you know the opposite side and be very you know male chauvinistic and men are you know everything and and women are just helpers and mm-hmm. just the cha-cha, you know, like stay in the kitchen, 
you know, like stay pregnant, <laughs> do things like that. And I think that sometimes our worldview could be tainted by the the wrong perspectives. Um, so that's why it's so important to to be led of the spirit and to be guided by the principles of God, you know. And even though, I mean, that is to be honest, I do think that sometimes when we read the Bible, because it was mostly, you know, written by men, um, there are people that believe that is, you know, like, like, why should you follow it? Like Mm -hmm. when it was, it was written by men, right? you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that there's a healthy perspective and there's a healthy balance to be able to look at both things to recognize the importance and the the value that a man has the place and the the calling and the assignment that god has given men you know uh, it my heart hurts like literally hurts when i see a man that has been i think the word is emasculated mm-hmm. you know where when a man has not been allowed to to become a man um and I think the the heart of God hurts that way too, you know, because yeah. there's such a there's a power and there's a place and a position that God has given men, you know, where the men is meant to be the head of the family and and be able to speak into his family and influence his family and guide his family, you know, as he walks with the Lord, you know, and um and I just I know that a lot of this has to do with the attack on family. Yeah, for sure. You know. Um, yeah, I I think um, well, you mentioned how the Bible was written by <laughs> by a whole bunch of men. And, well, it was inspired and by it, God. It's true. It was, it was, yeah, God. for and sure. Of course, of inspired inspired by God for sure. But um, definitely there were cultural things back then where men and women didn't do the same things. There were, there were cultural, there were cultural differences. And of course we've lived, you know, even in our society here up until (laughs) relatively recently Mm -hmm. in terms of history um, with very, you know, major different, major differences in terms of what was stipulated for men versus women and what women were allowed to do and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think it's important to make the distinction like, because I, I I think that, as you said, you mentioned feminism and and and, and I think that there is such a, a bent in our society today to go very far in the other direction. Like whenever there's inequality mm-hmm. on one side, then what tends to happen is we tend to try to swing the pendulum too far in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And so I do as far as equality, as far as rights, as far as all of these things, like men and women, of course, in the eyes of God are equal. Like we should, we should be, we should be equal. We should have equal rights. We should have equal pay. We should have, you know, all these different yeah. things. But there is such, uh, I think, an agenda to try to make it so that men and women are exactly the same, that there's no differences, that there's no difference in what, you know, the, the way that the man's mind is made up um uh, difference, di- differentiating from the, the, the woman's mind. Like, right. and that's just not true. Like God yeah. made us differently and he made us yeah. differently for a reason. He made us differently yeah. because he loves diversity. He wants different kinds of people. He wants us to be able to complement each other. He wants us to, you know, there's, there's interaction that takes place. We're not supposed to be 
the same in every area as far as human rights go, as far as equality goes, as far as level of importance goes. All of that is absolutely like I completely equal playing field. Yeah. But as far as our chemical makeup, the way that our minds work, the way that we think, the way that we learn, the way that we do things, the way that we perceive things, um, those things are different. And it's okay that those things are different because we have a different way of relating to society, different way of relating to one another, a different way of accomplishing tasks, a different way of raising children, you know, all these different kinds of things. And that's where, you know, when we're not trying to play each other's roles, like you mentioned, a man becoming emasculated and, you know, all these different things when, you know, so often there's a disconnect and we start trying to take on each other's role and usurp authority that's, you know, we, we yeah. shouldn't be doing and all that kind of stuff. And when we follow God's plan and God's design, it just works so much it better because the way he designed it to yeah. be the yeah. family, the family, like you mentioned is, is yeah. so important. And I think that more and more and more society tries to sort of undo the fabric of family. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the principal reasons why we do have as many issues as we have today in terms of, I mean, if you just look at statistically, as far as, you know, when there's fatherlessness, mm -hmm. um, statistically, there's a lot, uh, you know, you, you look at issues, communities yeah. where there's a high rate of fatherlessness. Um, generally speaking, there's much higher rate of crime, higher rate of, you know, people going to prison, a higher rate of, you know, all these different yeah. kinds of things that just flow out as the result of that. God designed family for a reason. Yeah. And there's just all of these things that have in, in, in our, you know, modern day society that have tried to sort of come up against that and tear it down and it's a scheme of the enemy for sure yeah yeah i think that there's uh there's a there's a such a such a safe safety again i'm sorry the air um and there's this um uh, there's balance that god has intended to create such a uh, a perfect support and a system of support within the family so that as children come into the picture, children can be nurtured and can be raised and can be uh, brought to that place of maturity where they become their own adult. Mm -hmm. And I think if we trace it back, you know, through through years and years, I mean, I would, I would even say like centuries, you know, like there's always been this quiet, to some extent, attack and agenda to destroy the purpose, the godly purpose, the um, original intent that God had for men and women, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm talking about not just the social um, placement of, of them, you know, and I think we can trace it back all the way to the beginning, you know, in terms of the fall of men, you know, in Genesis. We can trace some of those issues like all the way till, you know, when men fell and and the consequences of that decision trail it back to where we are today as society. And um it just it just I think it's so important for for us believers, but also for, for people in general. And I think sometimes people who have not been uh who don't believe in God and who um, whose authority is not the word of God and the principles of God, it's so easy for them to accept just to kind of like 
let, I'm just gonna roll with what's happening. I'm just gonna roll with what's been, you know, what I'm being told, and I'm just gonna make my choice based on this information. Um, mm -hmm. And that's also an attack. That is also that's not how the the order of God. That's not how it was intended, you know. Um, and I think that you said, you know, like the absence of a father. And nowadays, we also deal with the absence of a mother. I mean, how many families are unfortunately broken apart, you know? Um, and I think nowadays, it, I mean, maybe, I don't know, 50 years ago or 30 years ago was more predominantly the father, you know? But I think nowadays, you could see it to the place where it's actually both. Mm -hmm. You know, it's both, it goes both ways. You know, you have a, a father who takes up taking care of his children because the mother has decided to leave for whatever reason. Um, and those children are left without a mother, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and even before family, mm -hmm. you know, the, I'm not trying to sound very sanctimonious, but the, the sacred bond of marriage, you know, like um, the, the two become one and that those two, you know, create a family, just even the destruction of that, you mm -hmm. know, that uh, constant attack on the establishment of couples, you know, and family and how the enemy is continuously trying to rob that, continuously trying to attack that. And it can sometimes could be so sudden. So um, how, how do you say it? Like so sneaky, you know? but it is there and i think that if you are married you have to be aware of this because there are seasons and times where you will have to fight for your marriage if you're a parent you have to be aware of that because you will have to fight for your children you know what i mean like um and maybe this is just my personal conviction but i have to be alert not everything is a it's a fight, you know, not everything is a, has to be a struggle mm -hmm. for us believers. Like God doesn't want us to consistently be, be, um, struggling and, and fighting in our lives. No, 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 no. But they are, there's so much purpose within us and within the confinements of our family and, uh, within the confinements of our marriage, you know, there's so much purpose that God has that the enemy is going to try to do whatever he can however he can, through whichever he can, to destroy that purpose. And my heart hurts when, when, when families, they are dealing with things, but they oversee the fact that the attack is not per se just naturally on your family, mm -hmm. but the attack is purposely yeah. on that purpose. Yeah. That the vision that God has given you as a family, that's what's been under attack, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it's so, like I said, it's so important for us to, to recognize that to live that purpose out, we have to be watchful, you know, we have to be steadfast in the Lord. We have to, um, keep in mind all different things. And there are seasons where we have to fight in, in for that purpose, you know, where, where you know what there's there's distance why is there's distance happening 
You know, if I'm starting to feel like my heart is being torn, torn away from you, I have to begin to ask myself, what is that? What is that mm -hmm. that is trying to come in yeah. to cause my love for you to be turned away? And what do I have to do instead of just immediately assume like, oh, this is the superficial reason. He's not doing this. She's not doing that. Uh, we haven't done this. We, you know, we're starting to fight a lot. Like sometimes we are so quick to find the reason why that we actually miss the real reason. Mm. That we miss the the root of it. Yeah. You know, um, if my children's heart is being turned away from me, if I'm if I'm arguing more with my kids, if I'm yelling a lot more, like I got to stop and say, wait, hold on. What is going mm -hmm. on? Yeah. Yeah. So often I think that there's things going on inside of our heart that we don't pay attention to, that we gloss over, that we just kind of ignore. And then what always happens is, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks right. out of the heart flow, the issues of life. So. If we don't deal with what's going on on the inside of us, if we don't deal those, with those issues that are going on within us, then we begin to, you know, something begins to manifest mm -hmm. out of that, whether it's an attitude or just becoming overreactionary to things. Or yeah. like you said, maybe you find yourself yelling a lot or just getting frustrated, getting angry, getting, you know, whatever it might be. It, even if, you know, we're talking about you're feeling lonely, you're feeling just disconnected or, you know, whatever, it, you can trace it back to something that's going on on the inside of you, something that's going on within your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, like you said, because we, we tend to ignore things, then what happens is we, we tend to, if anything, we focus on the fruit of, you know, what's actually happening right now in the moment, what's coming out of my mouth. And we sort of ignore the underlying root cause of why that thing is happening in the first place. Why is that thing taking place? You know, where is that? You know, is there some level of brokenness? Is there some level of of hurt or pain or, or brokenness or disconnection or whatever it might be on the inside of you that might be maybe we need to deal with it? Because if not, I feel like sometimes we're like, you know, that game whack-a-mole where mm -hmm. like the thing pops out and you're like hitting it and then you're, you're just like trying to keep up with the with the thing. But it's just popping up in different places. Um, I feel like we, we do that a lot of times in our life and it might be a sin issue. It might be an addiction. It might be. Um, sort of a, just a bad habit or just whatever it might be, you know, but these things that they manifest in our lives and then we're, we're just constantly like kind of like playing the maintenance game. Them. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Where there's, you know, just kind of trimming the hedges where yeah. there's an underlying root that if we can figure out, okay, where is this actually coming from? Then we can, you know, begin to allow the Holy Spirit to really bring healing into our life, healing into our heart on a heart level, on a root level, so that the the fruit of that, you know, you deal with the root, the fruit is, is automatically going to be yeah. taken care yeah, of. Yeah, I know? think sometimes, and I, I would use this phrase, and I think it's fitted, um, sometimes we try to fight as many battles as we can, but we forget that we actually should be fighting the war. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, sometimes when you're fighting the war, when you're fighting the long term, there might be some battles that you feel like you're, you're losing. And... And sometimes it's okay because at the end of the day, you know that if if that happens, you're actually fighting the the long the long game. You're not just not right now temporarily right now. And I think sometimes we could be so quick to try to do quick fixes. Like let me put a bandaid on it yep. on this. Let me just fix it. You know, like 
wash my hand, my face, let me get get over whatever right now I'm dealing with. And and we don't give room for the Holy Spirit to come in and and take inventory, you know, walk us through the inventory and and show us the condition of our heart, you know. Um we are spiritual beings and sometimes we don't want to over spiritualize that we got to the we get to the point of completely negating and completely uh, like i said not giving room for the holy spirit to come in and deal with with us you know um and like i'm saying like i think that the reason why parents are so important in their children's lives is because we are there to help them navigate things that they are not mentally spiritually prepared to walk through Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes as parents we could be so caught up with the worriness and the issues of life you know the worry of um I got to make money because I need to pay the rent Mm -hmm. I got to feed my kids I got to do this and I got that busyness becomes the ultimate enemy of our parenting yeah you know and we parent in such a superficial way mm-hmm. and we miss out on um the opportunity and the honor and the the place that god has entrusted us to have in our children's lives to speak life to them to raise them to be men and women of god to raise them to to know the lord um you know and i know sometimes maybe 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 you didn't grow up with that so it's hard for you to know how to because you didn't grow up with that yet the lord in all all his grace is always accessible mm-hmm. and if we just stop and and ask and realize like i'm not i'm not i'm not qualified on this area <laughs> so so how do how do i become qualified mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like yeah. And it, not that you're not qualified because it's not within you, because I believe that when um, God knows, like I, I could, I could say like in my personal life, like I was never the, and my friends can, my, my friends from, you know, back in the years can attest this. I was never like interested in babysitting children. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, you know, I would see the kids. I was like, oh, my 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 dad was a, a children's pastor and and uh you know he loved read his kids you know and i appreciate that he did that and and to some degree you know i was upset about that too because you know to me it was like that's my dad attention. that's my dad like how come you yeah. love everybody and yeah. but i'm your daughter you know what i mean and that's a different issue you know they got had to do <laughs> with me in my heart you know but um like i was never drawn to children like there was never in my heart or so I thought there was not a desire for me to to be a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just and I had a wonderful mom. Like my mother, like she's a blessing. She's um I'm grateful, you know, to call her mom and everything she's she's done and everything that she's exemplified in my life. But I'm saying this because um because I never felt that way. <laughs> I just never believed that I had the capability of of being a mother mm-hmm. because I just wasn't aware of that. You know, yeah. I would actually shy away and run away from that because I didn't want that, even though I had great examples of of parenting. 
to be quite honest, you know? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until God dealt with things, like, again, that were in my heart that gave me a perspective of, of why I wanted to shy away from those things, you know? And then when our kids were born, I still, like, I remember uh, I was pregnant with, with Elijah, you know, and everybody was like, oh, are you so excited? Like, what is he going to look, look like and stuff? And honestly, my mind, I was like, no, like, I'm excited. I know the time is coming and there's no turning back. Like, there are deadlines in your life for uh, a certain timeline in your life where there's no more turning back. There's mm -hmm. no delay. There's no, you can't take it back, you know. And I think having children is one of those moments, you know, because you can't go back to mm -hmm. not having them. I remember like thinking in my mind, like I, I don't necessarily like have an idea what he's going to look like because I, I don't. Right. But at the same time, I, in my heart, I was kind of like, huh, my, do I have everything it takes to be a parent mm -hmm. to, to care for this, this precious little life? Like, not just to, you know, take care of their natural needs in terms of, you know, baiting them and feeding them and all that. But I I found myself at that point where I was like, okay, God, you're going to have to help me with this because I just, I don't know if it's within me, you know, like I felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I remember God speaking to my heart and and just like affirming me of different things and reminding me and even like telling me like, like you don't need to have it all figured out right now. Yeah. Like, and sometimes I feel like that's how we feel in different issues or different things that happen in our lives when we're going through transition or when we're changing a season of our lives and we're mm -hmm. moving into something new, something different. We could have a tendency to feel like, I need to know and be prepared for yeah. it beforehand. And if I'm not like, ah, anxiety starts to cave in or try to come in and frustration tries to come in. And, um, and I think that's why the scripture is so fitted to say like, um, I can't think of it in English, like, but you know, like the scripture is basta en mi gracia. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like you, what is it in English? Um, it's like rest in my grace. Yeah. And I'll have to find it. But um, and just being reminded that even if I feel like things are out of control, mm -hmm. they're not out of control for God. Well, if there's anything that in life that can humble you, it's probably being a parent because like none of us, like no, none of us know what we're doing. Like it's not something, <laughs> I mean, you can grow up, you can grow up with siblings, especially if you have younger siblings, you can kind of grow up and you sort of, already know how to take care of a, of a child and stuff like that. So you can be a little bit more prepared than others, I guess. But but really, when we get into the the place where, like you said, it, it's like every everything changes. You, one day you were a parent, or one day you were not a parent, and the next day you're a parent. Mm -hmm. And now you're responsible for this little person's life. And you're also responsible, like the responsibility for your life. I remember my sense of responsibility of like my own personal life really changed dramatically when I got married and then really changed dramatically when we had Elijah. Because mm -hmm. like I used to do a lot of stupid things. You know what I mean? Like I used to take <laughs> a lot of risks and do a lot of like dumb things. Yeah. 
and uh, I don't do nearly as much anymore as I used to. And so yeah. <laughs> even <laughs> even when, even if I'm doing like an extreme sport or something yeah. like that, I'm not doing it to the extent that I used to yeah. because I'm very conscious of like there's people that need me now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's people in my life that that would be really upset if I were to not be here. Yeah. Or, you know, there is a lot of things that I don't that I wouldn't be able to to that I'd miss out on if I, you know, injured myself irreparably yeah. or, you know, whatever the case <laughs> may be. And so my my sort of stewardship of even myself, you know, your stewardship, of course, of your finances, your stewardship of your time, all of it changes dramatically when you become a parent. You know, like the things that were important yesterday, they're not a, nearly as important as they are today, yeah. because today the most important thing is this child that you have in your arms you know, and taking care of that child. And just something that I wanted to go back to because you brought it up a couple different times. And, and I always think about this because we talk, when we talk about family, we talk about family union, we talk about the importance of having a mother and a father. And, you know, we talk about that. But at the same time, like what you were talking about with grace mm -hmm. is that God gives you grace. So if you're, if you're in a very like, you know, great situation mom and dad love each other you know all that kind of stuff like there's things that you still don't understand and you need God's grace for that but God's grace is always enough no matter where you are yeah. and so if you are a single mom or you're a yeah. single dad um, and whether that happened because of choices that you made or whether it happened because of some tragic event that happened in your yeah. life or, or because of divorce or yeah. yeah whatever whatever it might be like the you still have God's grace and you still have God's favor and it's sufficient for where you are right now mm -hmm. and so of course you know i ideally I, I really do believe like what we're talking about here that god has designed family for a purpose that he's yeah. the bible says in in psalms that he takes the lonely and he puts them in families yeah. that there's something so important about family about family connection family unit for our growth for our development but if you don't have that or maybe you're like a uh, a grandparent that's raising um, that's raising yeah. your, your the grandkids because the mom and dad are both out of the way yeah. or something like that or you know whatever the case may be what maybe you're a foster parent or but whatever the situation is again there are things that come from the the father and there are things that come from the mother both are important but when you find yourself in a situation that where it's mom and dad are not both present God provides yes. God gives you grace and yes. so the last thing that I would ever want to do is paint a picture of hopelessness or paint a picture oh, that would make definitely. somebody feel condemned or feel like they don't have enough yeah, to that. No. Oh, my kid's going to be messed up because I don't have no, 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 because no, no, the no. father's not in the picture yeah. or because and, the mother's not in the picture or yeah. whatever, because that's just totally not the case because right. God gives grace. Yes. And and, and one, one other thing I wanted to say is that God will also open up the 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 doors for you to. Like, let's say, I'm just using this as an example. Let's say that you're a single mother and there's no father in the picture, but um, begin to, it may be, and maybe there's no one in your life that you can point to right now, but begin to even ask the Lord. I would say, this would, this would just be my advice, like, ask the Lord to um, provide someone that could be like a father figure because yeah. even when we look at statistics, when we, I, I mentioned before about communities where there's a high rate of fatherlessness and what that usually leads to, even in communities where there's father figures, and there's been studies done on this, where there's father figures, that that makes a huge difference. Exactly. And one of the biggest things that God has been 
speaking to me about, and I still don't have words for it, but every time I ask God, okay, what's up for 2022? Like, you know, we're always, we're kind of in this season right now where we're looking for God's direction for the next year. The first thing that I hear every time is fatherhood. And I, I still don't have the right words for it, but I really just believe that God is so intent on raising up spiritual fathers and mothers um, to father and mother his people, yep. you know, and it's so important for us to get connected with his heart, with the father heart of God, so that we can understand what fatherhood and what motherhood really looks like from a biblical perspective, from the perspective of our heavenly father who loves us so perfectly, and who only wants good things for us. Yeah. Right. And so getting connected with his heart so that we can um, father and mother the, the generation that we have in front of us right now, because yeah. it's it's so needed, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I love, I love hearing stories, and I'm always praying for this when I, when I hear of a family that for some reason becomes uh, disintegrated, you know, in terms of the parents are separating, and, and it's a difficult situation. My heart is always, uh, um, you know, I mean, not just as a pastor, but just as a woman of God, like, I'm always praying and always saying, God, just restore, because God has the power to restore restored any broken situation and any mm -hmm. any situation that is impossible absolutely you know so i love to see when uh when you know for some reason uh, a couple goes through a divorce and then you know a few years down the road god restores that person back into uh, a marriage you know they they get remarried i know there's a lot of controversy for certain people that you know they believe like well once you got married like you can't just, you know, divorce is, is, is ungodly right. and divorce is a sin. And I think that when we do that, we're taking the place of God and we're judging the situation instead of um, remembering God's grace and remembering that God know, God is the one that has the first and the last word. God did not intend it for that marriage to fall apart. In no way whatsoever we can say that. And to say that will be incorrect i believe but yet in his his perfect grace and in his perfect wisdom when something like that happens he always has a redemption plan mm, he always yeah. has he's gonna show his redemption his character as a redeemer and redeem the situation and i love to see when you know uh new families are, are they're come together because ultimately sometimes we're the ones that are in the way you know, mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, families need to go through a period of separation, like a couple, you know, I'm not talking about divorce per se, but just like even that season of maybe uh, separating so that each individual can work on things of, of their own, you know, so that they can actually come together and come back together. Because a lot of times um, we search for companionship we marry for a need within mm -hmm. our heart yeah that is not being satisfied and that is not a healthy foundation for a marriage because then if we don't deal with that and we're not honest with that even with our with our partner those issues are going to surface at some point and they're going to try to destroy your marriage mm. from within and yeah. your marriage can employ from within because 
Um, and I, the reason why I'm saying this is because I think a lot of times we idealize or romanticize the idea of marriage um, to the point that we can lose our own identity within the confinements of marriage. Well, and that's not what God wants. Yeah. You know, um, I remember like when we got married, you know, like <laughs> I kept feeling this way and 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 I had to, you know, ask the Lord to help me walk through this that. I was like, man, I worked so hard to become, uh, you know, independent woman and certain things. I've worked so hard to become somebody. And now I'm marrying into someone. I don't want to lose myself. Yeah. And that was something that, you know, if I can be completely vulnerable and honest, it was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason why for years and years, I was like marriage, like, right hello never like i will not marry anybody you know anybody <laughs> nobody's good enough for me and it wasn't even that that there was nobody that was good enough for me it's just i was not going to allow someone else to come in and destroy me because mm -hmm. in my mind was like and again, I had great examples of marriages, you know, I mm -hmm. had great, like, yeah. people that were godly marriages and everything, but there was still something that had gotten in my mind and in my heart to the point that I believe that if I was to marry, that I would completely lose who I, who I had worked so hard to be, mm -hmm. you know, and I would just yeah. become nobody or that I would be, be under the shadow of somebody that somebody else will be calling the shots for me. Yeah. Somebody else will, will, you know, like I have dreams, I have aspirations and this person right. will just come in and destroy that or tell me you can't have that. You can't have this, you know? And again, that's a distorted view of marriage, you know? Well, it's, it's important that you, that you dealt with that mm -hmm. because I mean, not even just to the point, I mean, obviously we got married, but I mean, <laughs> but that was something, like you said, that was an issue of your heart yeah. that you had to deal with beyond just getting married like exactly. get, getting married wasn't yeah. going to solve that yeah. because and you could have brought that into the marriage and you could say okay well i'm married i still don't really believe in it exactly. <laughs> like i still don't really because and and then kind of walking around with a resentment toward mm -hmm. me feeling that i'm keeping i'm you know holding you back or that i'm yeah. not letting you go forward that i'm yeah. you know somehow stifling and I'm you or something this, I'm, sometimes you can have deep-rooted issues in your heart about something that like you say, you know, this is what usually happens, but you don't believe because, you know, like I was not against like dating somebody, but yet marriage was like, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I was, you know, I was attracted to, to people, you know, and, and, you know, like I had people that would pursue me, you know, and, but always, there was always this thing where, you know, imagine like I, I think about it like in a cartoon cartoonish way like you know i every time somebody was like trying to get closer to my heart or get closer to there was this thing where i was like like you know like mm -hmm. stop like step on the brakes like, mm -hmm. ah, like yeah. you have gone too far and you will not go further than this like you know um and if god had not dealt with my distorted perspective, my lack of understanding mm -hmm. of what he intends for marriage, 
I would not have a successful marriage, you know? Yeah. I could have still, like you say, gone through with it, you know? But I would have allowed my own issues to destroy our marriage within it. And I think that sometimes we don't, there's so many uh, couples that, you know, are dealing with really strong issues in their heart within each other. Mm-hmm. But there's this, this shame of dealing with what's actually happening, you know. And it is not a personal attack on the other person. It's just that if you have things that are in your heart, even before you come into this relationship with someone else, if you're lonely, yeah, you're always going to feel lonely, wow. even within the confinements of marriage. If you've been like you've been violated, you know, or uh, devaluated, you're always going to feel that way, even when you are within the confinements of marriage. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good. That's a really good point on on the loneliness because loneliness is a heart issue. It's not a. It's it's not just about whether or not you have people around you or people in your life. You can be surrounded by people. You can have all kinds of friends. You yeah. can have all these, but then still feel lonely. Still yeah. feel like you're disconnected. And it's it's interesting that you said that even within a marriage, you know, a husband and wife, because that might be something that's difficult for a lot of people to define. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, because it because we would it doesn't seem to make sense. Like, mm-hmm. how can you be married to somebody? And I mean, you can be married and very, very disconnected and have a terrible relationship. But you could also be married and have a close relationship, but still feel lonely. Exactly. And, in, and in that situation, I feel like that would be difficult for somebody to clearly define. Mm-hmm. And they might not really know how to pinpoint it or, you know, put their finger on what is that? And so they might see, you know, different things coming out. There might be trust issues. There might be different things. Not recognizing that, okay, this is actually stemming from a feeling of loneliness or a feeling Mm -hmm. of, you know, and it might be coming from like a feeling of maybe at some point abandonment or, you know, whatever it might be, maybe something from the past that's that's causing that. Uh, The Holy Spirit will, as you said, walk you through that process of sort of pinpointing like, what is this, Lord? Like, where is this coming from? What's causing this so that you can deal with it? That's We, we were talking about that last night, right? Like, that that sort of willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to highlight things in your life so that you can deal with those issues that are often painful in your heart, that mm-hmm. they're messy and you don't want to deal with them. You just want to kind of leave them right there. But they are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And what God wants for you is freedom. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. He wants a, He did what he did on the cross, setting us free, giving us liberty, bringing us to into his salvation where there's fullness, there's abundance of joy and peace and everything that he has for us. He did that because he actually wants us to experience it. He actually wants us mm-hmm. to experience his freedom. And we all have issues. We all have baggage. We all have things that we're carrying around. And I, I, I love God too because <laughs> he doesn't like... He, he doesn't just, let's deal with everything all at the same time. Exactly. He doesn't do that. He, 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 go, he brings you through a season where maybe you're experiencing lack in an area of your life, and God's not causing the lack, but maybe you recognize that you're experiencing something in your life or you're just not living up to your full potential. And, and, and it might be because in that season, God wants to highlight something to you so that he can show you, okay, you're, you're, you're lacking in this area, and here's why. And so what we shouldn't do, because I think what we so often do, is we get comfortable with lack. Mm-hmm. 
The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody in the world knows this verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want means lack. The Lord is my shepherd because he's my shepherd, because he leads me and guides me perfectly, because he's the one. Like, he's the one I look to. I'm not here trying to fend for myself. So because he's got all of this under his authority, I will not lack anything. Mm -hmm. And so I shouldn't become comfortable with the issues of lack in my life. I shouldn't become comfortable when I'm not living up to my potential. I shouldn't become comfortable with that. No. And it's so easy to get comfortable because it's the we get comfortable with our experiences. So I'm experiencing this. This isn't working out. This isn't coming through, whatever. And so, okay, well, I guess that's just the way things are. That's the status quo. Yeah. And God's like, no, 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 no. Exactly. No, I want to I wanna put my finger on that. Even though it's going to be temporarily painful, mm-hmm. it's going to lift so much weight exactly. and pressure off of you so yeah. that you can be free to really walk in this freedom that I died to secure for you. Yeah. It's so important to him that we walk in that freedom. And and he, but he's so good to not like bombard us with stuff. Yeah. So that it's just like all this and we can't we can't figure it out, but throughout the course of our of our life and throughout our our walk with him, he'll just kind of be like peeling back layers and right. and and removing things that we might not even see or be aware of. But he's just so good, you know, the way that he leads us and he knows what we need. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, and even, you know, and this whole issue of like fatherless or motherless, I can also think that sometimes we overlook the fact that we don't know how to be sons and daughters. We don't. (laughs) We just don't know how to because um, this society wants our kids to grow up so quickly in a way where there's this demand for you to mature, mm-hmm. learn, deal with it. Like, don't cry about this. Don't cry about that. Like, you know, like, um, I remember my dad will love to tell me like when I would get upset about something, you know, he will say, grow up. Mm-hmm. And I know he didn't mean like grow up because you're acting like a child. You know, in his mind, he was just trying to tell me stop crying because it's not that big of a deal. But it was a big deal for mm-hmm. me, you know. And those words that were not intended to cause harm were used to to harm me in a certain way. And, uh, you know, so I became very quick to to want to or to think, okay, I got to be a self-sufficient, self-independent I got to take care of this. I can't like, don't feel this. Don't feel that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like, you know, and I had to learn to, I remember when I went to, to Bible school that God brought light to that area of my life where I recognized like, uh, for so many years, I took away the ability and the place that my parents were given to parent me. Mm. You know, I, I would let them in to a certain extent, but I wouldn't, I was not responding as a daughter. I was so quick to just quickly be like, okay, I don't need, I don't need this. I don't need that from you. I don't need that. No. And I remember seasons where like my mom will, <laughs> I put my mind through the, my mom through the ringer. about <laughs> a few things to be quite honest, because I wanted to prove that I didn't need mom and dad. Well, I didn't, I I wanted to prove, no, you don't, you don't, you don't need to do this for me. I got this. 
I, you know, and in a lot of, for me, in my perspective, in my filter, it was like, you should be proud that your daughter can take care of things. Right. You should be proud that I don't need you. I'm 13 years old and I don't need you. I'm 11 years old and I don't need you. I can do things on my own. Mm-hmm. Yet, that's not the original intent of the father. We don't, if, if I don't give room for the father to care for me as a father, I will never know the father. Yeah. But if, if as a son or as a daughter, I think that my job is just to know it all and not need the father, I have a very distorted perspective of what sonship is. Hmm. You know? And yeah. I remember when I was in Bible school and... You know, I was far away from home. I had left home. Everything, I packed my life in three suitcases. And I moved to New York. And I was homesick, very homesick. And that was so weird to me. I was mad about being homesick. (laughs) Honestly, I was outraged. Because in my mind, I was like, I worked so hard. Uh-huh. To be independent. Why the heck do I miss home so bad? This is what I wanted to do. This is wow. what I was supposed to do. Leave home. Make my parents proud. Why do I need the safety of home? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I was outraged about it. I was mad. <laughs> you know? And I would hear my mom would call me and I would hear my mom's voice and I would like sob. Mm-hmm. And I, I w- it was strange, like, because my heart, heart turned all of a sudden, I was just a little girl. And all I wanted was just the, the safety and the confinement yeah. of my parents' embrace. Yeah. Wow. You know? And. <laughs> that's just, hold on. Hold on. Because that's just really cool. That's just really cool, too, how. It's just cool because, like, obviously, God brought you to where, you, when you came to the States, it's because you came to Bible college. God brought you. Um, to New York to study for a reason. God had been speaking yeah. to you about that since you were right. a little girl. Since yeah. you were like five, he was giving you dreams about being there. You knew that it was part of your purpose. You knew right. that you were supposed to do that. And so, and of course, today you're in ministry and, and all this, on all this stuff. So, so God brought you there for that reason. But it just, it's just so funny to me how, you know, God has this like big sort of picture of our life and where we're going, and he tells us about that. You know, he declares our end from the beginning, Isaiah says. And he shows us that, but it's like all the little things that it's going to take to get us there. He doesn't show us those things from the beginning. Because if we saw all those things from the beginning, we probably would never get up and do anything because we would think, oh, no, that's that's way too costly. Like, Mm -hmm. that's going to cost me way too much. Um, The plan of God for your life is going to cost you everything. Yep. It really is. Yeah. But the thing is, but he's so faithful. Yep. And he leads us through it and his grace is always enough. And so what this really comes down to is learning how to rest in him, learning how to trust him. And it's the most it's the it's on paper it's the simplest thing in the world just trust God. But like personally speaking for me like nothing has been more difficult for me to learn in my life. And I'm not even close. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still learning on a yeah. daily basis how to trust God with my life. Right. You know, My but it's, choices, but it's literally, <laughs> it's literally everything. Yeah. We trust him and we obey. Yeah. 
we we don't obey him without without trust you know we yeah. can obey in certain things out of you know we can obey out of fear mm-hmm. we can comply you know out of fear or whatever but it's really when we when we trust him that we we really step into a new level of of obedience because okay god is saying this it doesn't make sense to me but i don't need to try to like overanalyze this and figure it all out in my on my own because if god is showing me this if his word says this if he spoke this to me then i know that i can take it to the bank i know that i can i can trust him with this so uh, i'm i'm going to i'm going to yeah. do it. i'm just going to obey i'm going to respond you know but it's just funny how you know, God brings but you he to a cares, place for he cares an overall for reason, but then at the same time, knowing like you probably needed to get outside yeah. of your home situation, get far away from home, and to be in that place where you can have you had this opportunity to become homesick, so that God could start showing you something in your in your heart exactly. that was lacking, so He could start yep. showing you an area of your heart that He wanted to work on, that He wanted to heal. So it's funny because God, you know, He has like this motive, and 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 He shows it to us. And, he, you know, I've, I've called you to be a pastor. I've called you to be a minute, you know, or I've called you to be in business or I've called you to do whatever. And so he, he sort of lays out the plan. But what we don't know is like all the things that he's going to use within that process to make us better people, to, mm-hmm. to, to make us to, to bring us into a deeper place of trust, of intimacy, yeah. of love, of commitment, of relationship, character, of, of whatever yeah. character. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge thing. Yeah, because, you know, one, one of the things I, I learned and I sometimes God has to take you out of the place where you're comfortable, where you have grown, where you feel like you have flourished in order to show you the areas of your heart that are blind spots because God cares so much about your character. Mm -hmm. And your character is so important and necessary for you to accomplish the will of God. Whatever assignment he has for you, your character is so important that that's more important than the assignment itself that is more important because your character is rooted in your heart it's rooted in um in the things that you that you value in your heart whatever is true in your heart is going to be be shown and and uh evident through your character and your shortcomings in your character show the condition of your heart yeah so um you know, I mean, Proverbs says, you know, out of the heart show the, uh, flow the issues of life. And those issues of life are reflected in our character. You know? Mm-hmm. And we have dreams. We have uh, ideals. We have desires to uh, things to do. You know, like, like I knew, you know, I wanted to go home. I w- leave home because I... I knew I wanted to travel the nations. I wanted to do this and do that. And, you know, I was set on doing those things. And I was not afraid of those things. Yet, God was more interested in working on things in my heart, mm-hmm. in yeah. my character, yeah. that could possibly jeopardize me doing those things. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, like I said, I was so homesick. And God began to speak to me about how I had, you know, developed this orphan spirit. Yeah. Even though I was a daughter, even yeah. though I had a home, I had allowed things to come in and turn me into an orphan. Wow. You know, um, and and I'm 
when it comes to family, I do like to clarify that, you know, you brought the scripture that says God puts the needy in families. Sometimes the family that God places you in might not be your natural family, meaning that he provides mm-hmm. a family for you. Yeah. I can tell you I've experienced that in my own life. You know, um, my parents came from a very difficult background in their own families, you know, where they had to call uh, cut ties with family for the sake of their own marriage. I didn't meet my grandmother until I was 22. Never had a relationship with my grandmother. Never heard from her. I, I don't even know if she knew that I existed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a foreign concept. I would see kids in school like their grandmother will come. <laughs> their grandmother yeah. was there. I knew I had a grandmother, but I just I didn't have a relationship yeah. with my grandmother. Yet, God surrounded me with family. God surrounded me with people that that were connected to my parents, that uh, they that supplied that. You know what I mean? Like I had people that were very close friends of my parents that they were un- like uncles to me. Their children are like siblings to me, mm-hmm. you know, like our cousins to me. So I'm saying this because I think that it's important that we recognize too when God is providing that family for us, when we feel like we don't have a family. Because that's that's what he does. You know, he knows that we need the confinements of family because we are to grow and to be nurtured in within that family. Yeah. You know, maybe you didn't know family until you started attending the church you go to now. You know, or until you 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 uh, you got married, you know, and we should celebrate that how God brings us into families, even when it might not be blood related family. Right. You know, and that's a story of redemption. Mm-hmm. That is God showing his character as a redeemer to us. Um, and I and I, you know, I feel like that's important to highlight because sometimes we can get very technical with, you know, the terms of like, oh, just family, like your immediate family. No, sometimes your extended family becomes your immediate family. You know, if you um, if you are adopted, God provided parents for you. God knew that you needed to be placed in a family and he provided a mom and a dad for you. You know, somebody that will step in. Um, we have talked as parents you know as we've talked about adoption Mm -hmm. and my my heart always you know rejoices when i hear stories about adoption because i think there's so many children out there you know not just babies infants i'm talking about you know like five six seven years old teenagers you know Mm -hmm. and in the foster care that are in need of a family you know and i love when when god orchestrates things for families to to bring those in into a family yeah because that's the heart of god the heart of god is for you and i to be part of the family to be part of the body and not to ever be by ourselves and to have this orphan spirit within ourselves because when we have this orphan spirit we fend for ourselves Mm, and we forget that we have a father that is there to fend for us well yeah those people are my heroes (laughs) people that adopt people that become foster parents and um they're my heroes and it's 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 awesome and you know like you said we can we can develop these sort of orphan mindsets or orphan tendencies 
even if we've come from good families yeah. and you know all of that we can still develop these wrong mm -hmm. these wrong mindsets you know the the mentality of of an orphan is pretty much focused on survival yeah you know and so when we bring that into our relationship with god we tend to treat god like he's not really our father that loves us we treat him like he's somebody who's distant and we, we tend to have a guard up and we have defensive walls and different or things that don't to, allow him we, to get close. We keep him at arm's length. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I'll let you get, get yeah. close, but this is, this is as close as you can get. Mm -hmm. No, not, not further than that. And yeah. it's, he's, you know, something that I love about God and something that I always say this is that God is never gonna force his love, his care over you. Why mm -hmm. do I say that? Yes, God is so sovereign. He can do whatever he wants and everything. But if there's one thing is that God is not going to overwrite. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm fixing myself this. I'm in pain. Uh, <clears throat> he's not going to overwrite the, that he has given us free will, right? He's given us free will. And part of that free will is the, the free will to choose. Mm -hmm. So he's never going to force himself to us. He's not going to um, violate us in that way. And I'm using that word violate because I think that it's a, it gives you that picture mm -hmm. of understanding when, when someone tries to force something on you, they want to take control. They want to uh, exert dominance. Mm -hmm. And the love of the Father and the love of God is so perfect that it will never try to exert dominance over you. He will draw you. He draws you in. Yeah. If you're only ready to keep him at our lengths, that's how far he's going to go. Mm -hmm. But he's always willing to go further than that. Yeah. But he's not going to force his love on you because he knows that if he does, then the trust that you develop with him could be jeopardized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for him, it's so important that you learn to grow and to trust him. And it's so precious and so valuable for him that he, he'll be patiently waiting. He'll be patiently waiting until you're ready. He'll be patiently knocking at the door. Okay, I'm going to take one step further. Because yeah. he loves us so much. You know, he loves us so much. He loves to, to father us so much. He loves to perfectly care for us. And it's a real intangible thing. Well, that's, too, why I think that we have such a responsibility to represent him well, you yeah. know. I, I think about this sometimes. You know, if, if my, my kids, like, like, I love my kids, and I, I, love, I love showing them affection. I love hugging them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If, if, my, if my kids started to really distance themselves from me and to just have this like wrong idea like maybe their friends were telling them you know he really doesn't love you that much like he's just you know whatever like he's not he's not he's disappointed in you like if, if you know people came around of course this wouldn't happen but i mean if people came around my 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 kids and just started like putting all this stuff in their head about how my love wasn't real and it wasn't really you know strong enough for them and i was more interested in their mistakes and stuff like that you know what i mean like, what would that do? Like, to me as a father, like, that would break my heart because yeah. all I want is for them to know my love. Yeah. And there's people around them that are giving them this, like, 
broken idea of it, this this distorted Lies. concept of, yeah. of it. And, you know, when we do that, we do that to people so often, you know, as as ministers, as people, and, and even just like if, if you're not a minister, you know, you can, you still have a responsibility. You know, if you know, if you know the Lord, you know the love of Christ. Um, you know, I just think that so often people get a wrong concept of who the Father is because the sort of, um, like, first line of defense so many times is is us like people see us so often on their way to god people walk in the doors of a church and they see people often like very most of the time before they actually have an encounter with god they have an encounter with people who are supposed to be a demonstration we do it imperfectly i get that we do it imperfectly none of us are perfect at it but to to we need to represent him well in in the best way that we can Mm -hmm. when we start putting guilt trips on people and we start condemning people in their sin and we start you know just like treating people in a way that makes them feel less than or makes them feel like they're not accepted you know whatever that whatever the case may be um then i've we're we're missing out we're we're missing we're missing the mark in such a profound way because we're setting people up for failure Mm -hmm. we're setting people up to have a distorted concept of who god is because like it or not, people tend to develop their concept of the father based on the relationships that they have yeah. with people or the the example that they see of people that are supposed to be Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, the other place we get our concept of the father is the concept that we have of our earthly father. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you have a really great situation with your really good relationship with your dad. Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't have any relationship with him. Maybe he wasn't there. Maybe he was right. abusive or whatever. You know, all of these things kind of work yeah and so we start to project onto god this concept that might not have anything to do with him and i think that so often we walk around thinking that god is a certain way living our life as if god is mad at us as if god is just like waiting for us to mess up in our sin and it's just so not who god is Mm -hmm. god you said he draws us like he invites us into something that's the way his heart works toward us he he wants us to be free again he wants us to walk in freedom so that's why he wants us to be free from sin. He wants us to be free from addiction. He wants us to be, but he's not condemning us where we are with our mistakes and with our faults and with mm-hmm. these issues that we have. He's not, he's not condemning people because mm-hmm. Jesus already paid the price for that thing. Yeah. He just wants you to accept it <laughs> so that you can walk in the freedom that he has for you because what he has for you is so much better than what that thing has to offer you. Yeah. And I just think that so often we probably inadvertently in in most cases, but I think that often we end up negatively influencing people's perspective Mm -hmm. of who the father is. And, you know, depending on how you answer that question, like who is God the father and how does he relate to you? Like this Mm -hmm. is, this is, I think, probably the most important question that we can ask ourselves is what do you think or what do you feel about the way that your heavenly father thinks and feels about you? Mm-hmm. Cause the way that you answer that question is going to determine pretty much every, everything that you do. I yeah. mean, pretty much all the decisions yeah. that you're going to make in your life, they're, they're going to be influenced by your concept of the father of who he is, whether he's good or not. And, what he thinks about you yeah you know? and that's going to filter um their perspective it's not just gonna 
uh, affect the way you relate to God in terms of your relationship with him, it's also going to filter into the relationships that you have with other people. And at some point, if you become a parent, it will affect those relationships too. Mm -hmm. What ultimately, you know, um, so it's, I guess like I always mentioned about this orphan spirit, you know, I had to realize, and you know, I remember God dealing with my heart about that and just bringing line to the situation that like so many ways that I overstepped outside of my role as a daughter and put myself in a role of oh a self-independent adult even though mom and dad were there mm, and yeah. the pain that that can cause to a parent mm-hmm. you know um and i'm grateful that god showed me that because he i you know he was able to help me restore that you know with my in my relationship with both my parents you know and at first, like, they they didn't even think much of it <laughs> when I was, like, talking to them about it. They were just like, well, not, we didn't take it personal. We just, you know, we felt like that's just your character. That's who you were. But, you know, I, I saw the change when, you know, my perspective was corrected, you know. And I'm grateful God did that because now when I look at that, if God hadn't dealt with that, now that I'm a parent, I will be probably parenting very differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and now that I'm aware of that, because I lived it, I try to make sure that I help my children not make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, as a parent, I mean, the Bible says, you know, like parents do not turn your children to grass. Like, you know, I think that's the, the expression that she says, you know. Don't we provoke can, your children yeah, to wrath. Mm-hmm. Like we can without intending so many times within the confinements of a family, you know, exert a role to the point that we can cause strife within our own family, that we can cause division within our own family. And we don't intend to, but it happens. Sure. And we have to be watchful to make sure that we, we don't allow that to come in because, um, if we let the enemy in in the camp, he's gonna create havoc. That's that's you know like the enemy comes to to rob, destroy. Um, here I wanna I just thought about the scripture. I think it's John ten ten. If I remember correctly. Now I like how the passion says it. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Mm. I just love that. I just, yeah. you know, like, that's what the enemy wants. He wants to come in. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. He wants to uh, create havoc Yeah. in such a way that there's no hope. There's no hopeless. There's, you're hopeless. There's nothing left. To the point, let me say it this way, to the point that you will have nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. Nothing to live for. Yeah. Which leads you to wanting to die. It leads you to, you know, suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts. And I'm not saying that's the only way that you can sure. have those because we know that there could be other causes for it. But 
that's what he wants that you get to that point of hopelessness mm -hmm. that you got nothing to fight for you have nothing to live for yeah but god says like he's come to give us abundant life and we're to live that abundant life now here today yeah not when we get to heaven because i think sometimes we think that way we think yeah. like like oh i just gotta endure mm -hmm. i just gotta endure this life right now that i have that deal with the cards that i have been dealt with but once i get there it's gonna be glorious why do you have to wait until you get there like yeah no <laughs> i want it now but i like that it says that uh <laughs> He came to give you abundance. What does it say in every area of yes, your life? How did it say? In it? everything. Abundance in everything. Yeah, it says. Uh, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, everything, more than you expect. Everything in abundance. And then it says, "Life in its fullness until yeah. you overflow." He wants to give you more. He came to give you more than you can ex more than you expect. Yep. But here's the thing, though. We've got to have an expectation. Exactly. We've got to have an, an expectation that's grounded in his word and mm -hmm. his truth and his promises and his grace. Because how, how many of us live like that? Like, how many of us actually think that way, that, I, that God wants to give me abundance in every area of my life? Like, so often, again, I think we live with a perspective of lack. We live with yeah. sort of an expectation of We're lack. We're used to, we get accustomed to not having something. Yeah, so we live we, with an we maneuver it mm -hmm. like you know we say we we make compromises yeah in little things where we're like you know what it's okay if i, I don't have this right now it's okay I, yeah I'll, I'll 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 make it work i'll make and 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 there's an ability to make it work that i think god has granted us which is great mm -hmm. but if you are living in that for the long run then it's not good right yeah, and so we'll go into a situation already expecting failure or expecting problems or expecting trouble. You know, we'll like answer the phone expecting it to be bad news. <laughs> we'll go to the mailbox expecting there to be, you know, <laughs> expected bills. And I mean, like we just we sort of have an expectation of calamity and it, it's such an it's such a scheme of the enemy to take the joy out of life, to take right. the joy out of your existence and you exist because of God's faithfulness and because he wants you to know him, because he wants you to know mm. his goodness. And here we go, because he wants you to experience abundance in every aspect of your life. The enemy just comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus did what he did. He came to this earth. He came to a planet of orphan-minded people mm -hmm. because he wanted to bring us to the Father so that we could experience his goodness. He mm -hmm. said in John 14, he said, I will not leave you orphans. Right. I will come to you. He wants to break that, that, that orphan mentality mm -hmm. off of you, off of us, so that we can really experience the fullness of what he has for us. And I, ju I just think that so often we, we shoot ourselves in the foot. It's like we walk into situations with our hands tied because we have such a low expectation of what God is going to do. We have such a low expectation of what's going to happen and what's going to work out. And it's just not the way that kingdom-mindedness kingdom doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. Kingdom-mindedness, like, I, I, I use this example a lot, but, I mean, when Jesus saw a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children, and they had two lo uh, five loaves of bread and two fish mm -hmm. to feed everybody, he said, great yeah. start passing it out 
<laughs> and they had more than enough left over. Just like you know, baskets left. <laughs> yeah, 12 <laughs> baskets full yeah. of leftover bread. Like, come on. He didn't look at the lack of what was in his hands as a lack of provision yeah. for, for what they had. And so he that's how kingdom mindedness works. So when we when we look at ourselves, we look at sort of like even the bankruptcy of our own heart or the yeah. bankruptcy of our own life, or is practically speaking the bankruptcy of your bank account. Yeah. You know, like look at the areas of lack in your life, but we've got to be able to see beyond that thing, that problem, that issue, that brokenness, that challenge. We've got to be able to see beyond that to lift our perspective and to see that God is bigger than that thing and mm -hmm. to partner with the heart of God to see what he's doing and what he's saying. Because a word from God is powerful enough to trump whatever area of lack there might be mm -hmm. in our lives. Yeah. You know, and so we've just got to, we've, we've got to shift that. It's a poverty mentality. It's a, it's a mentality that's based on lack that's based on living under your means yeah yeah it's it's just um survival exactly it's yeah. a mentality of survival mm -hmm. like i'm just gonna make it to the end of the week till my check comes i'm just gonna make it till this happens i'm just gonna make it to this and that's not living fullest that's just surviving you know mm -hmm. and many of us um we go through seasons where we're just surviving and yet, how can you experience the blessings of God if you're just in survival mode? There's no way. You can't. Yeah. You know, you cannot do that. Um, you can't pursue the purpose of God by living in a survival mode. Mm. You don't. And just even focusing on what you have, you know, if I'm only if I only count what I have, <laughs> like what I actually have or my abilities, if, if that's all that I count in this process of moving toward what god has for me then like i'm not relying on him i'm not relying on his grace exactly. I, mean, I don't essentially need his grace if i'm just going to rely on what i have and my own strength because i'll just use that yeah. and i'll get some results off of that based on my skill level or or my competency or whatever but they're not going to be anywhere near the results that i would get by leaning into him and trusting mm -hmm. in him and resting in him putting my confidence and my hope in him and recognizing that, you know, whatever God has called me to do or whatever I might be facing right now, even if it's an impossibility for me, that's like a situation that's perfect for God. Yep, exactly. Because nothing's impossible with him. Yeah. Yeah. I love what um, Psalm 37, 4 says, you know, we've all heard the scripture and uh, we were talking about this the other day. And I think we focus in the latter part of the scripture than in the in the beginning, which I think the beginning is way more important than the second part. Um, you know, we all heard to say, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We focus so much on, oh, he, he, he promised to give sure. you the desires of my heart. Oh, he promised mm -hmm. to give me the desires of your heart. But we yes. miss the key part. It says delight mm -hmm. yourself in the Lord. Yeah. We never question. We never think about, am I delighting in the Lord? Mm -hmm. What, what, what in the world does that even mean? Yep. You know, like, what does it mean that I find joy in yeah, the Lord? That's good. You know, and uh, I'm going to read it from the Passion Transition because I like how it changes it. The Passion. Yeah. It says, may God the almost delight and pleasure of your life. It didn't say that for real, right? What? 
<laughs> may God. I'm pretty sure it didn't say that. Utmost delight and pleasure mm, of your life. The utmost. And I thought he you said, will, I think you said almost. No, utmost. <laughs> utmost. That's why I was like, I thought you were joking. And he me. will provide so, for you what you desire the most. But how can God be the utmost delight or pleasure of my life if I don't spend time with him? If I don't know him. Yeah. If I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. I can't delight myself in him if I don't have those things. But yet I want him to give me the desires of my heart. Right. It's it's incomplete. Yeah. And delight doesn't mean just sing and pray and worship. No, 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 no. That word has to mean way more yeah. than just that. You know, like I, he has to be the center of my life. Yeah. He has to be who is leading me. Wow. He has to be the life. His life has to flow through me mm-hmm. in order to live, in order to find pleasure in his life. You know, um, it's it's a it's a communion. It's it's a relational. You know, it's a relationship. It's it's walking with him day by day. Yeah, it's not a religious activity. It's not a religious thing. Like. Yep. I'm not a Christian just because there was no other better religion. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like some people mm-hmm. think that way about Christianity. Some people think like, oh, well, you're just a Christian because that's a religion that fits your belief system. Yeah. Excuse mm-hmm. me? As far as I'm concerned, there's no other religion. <laughs> what was it said? All all roads lead to what? They say all roads lead to Rome, right? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no other <laughs> But if you really study religions, all religions actually lead to God. All their religions would have not existed if it wasn't for the scripture. People have just taken things and pieces out of this and fit them. You need you need to I think you need to fix what I get what you mean, but I think you need to fix the way you said it. Because okay. you said well, all religions lead to God. Well, People, you can't find you don't, God through you don't, everything. No, 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 no. That's not what I you're mean. not saying. You're not saying that um, you'll find God through. You're not religions. saying that all religions lead to salvation that yeah, you can no, go no, no, through. No, no. Whatever works. For you, that's not what you're no, saying. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I, I know that's not what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's but the way you said it, that's what it sounded. No, can that's be not confusing. What I, that's so not what I'm saying. that's what I'm asking you. Um, to, what I'm saying is that all those other things that are out there, they're gonna confuse you and you're not actually gonna find him Mm -hmm. they're just there because someone couldn't make sense of certain things that are in the word of god because they were dealing with issues in their heart that they couldn't be answered that they couldn't be dealt with and because of that they came with another alternative it's like um what you're saying about you know delighting yourself and well, we we gravitate toward the second part of that. It's like, oh, the Bible says, the yeah. Bible says, he's going to need the desires of my heart. It's kind of like um, I relate that verse a lot with um, with Proverbs in Proverbs chapter three, where it says, um, "In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. You know, mm-hmm. he'll make your path straight. He'll direct your steps. In all your ways, in all your ways acknowledge him. It's like the same kind of thing. And he will do this. We're like, okay." God, your word says you're going to direct my steps. So direct them. Make make direct my make my path straight, Lord. Direct yeah. my steps. Like okay, well what does the first part of that verse say? In all 
your ways. Not in most of your ways or in half your ways or in some of your ways or in your spiritual ways. In all your ways, acknowledge right. him. Acknowledge. That word acknowledge right. is right. comes from that, that word to know, which is mm -hmm. in the, the Hebrew, it's the word yada, which is that intimate, experiential, relational kind of knowledge. If we want to get all the way down to the very nitty-gritty, it's to become one with. Yeah. Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore children, right? Like mm -hmm. he, he uh, that Genesis chapter 4, he, he knew her. He knew her intimately. They became one together. Mm -hmm. When we become one with the Lord, become one with him, in all of your ways, become one with God, and he will direct your path. Yeah. You know, and so we tend to want to skip over these things because we just want the results. We just want the benefits. Yeah. We just want the fruit. We want these things. But you talked earlier about character, you know, and, and how important it is to allow the Lord to develop the character of God in our lives. And it's just it's such a key detail. And I, I, I hate to bring this up, but it's just in my head. So I'm going to do it in, in Romans chapter five, verses three and four. It says. That tribulation produces perseverance, and mm -hmm. perseverance produces character, and character leads to hope, you know? <laughs> and so... Uh, there's a process. Th there's the, the challenges, you know, that you go through, the yeah. things that you face in life. When you walk through it, we, can, we, we, always have, we always have a choice to make. You know, when I'm up against the wall, when I'm under some kind of a pressure... I have a choice to make. Like, I can get mad, and I can get bitter, and I can get frustrated. I can blame God and get mad at Him. Or I can go through that exact same thing, but I can allow it to endear my heart to God more. I can allow it to develop a deeper level of trust in God, where I can actually walk through that search, that situation, that circumstance, whatever it might be. I can walk through that season of life with Him, and because I'm leaning on Him, and I'm acknowledging Him with every area of my life, what is He doing? He's producing in me perseverance patience he's producing something in me that's leading to a deeper character development which is going to lead me ultimately to the place where i can stand firm i can stand firm no matter what happens no matter what comes my way why because i've allowed the holy spirit to work within me to build that character to produce that character within me so that you know now it's like when the character of god is produced in my life you know we, we talk about the talk a lot about the, the the gifts of the spirit mm -hmm. and there's the fruits of the spirit too or the fruit of the spirit mm -hmm. you know so when we allow the, the 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 lord to build his character within us what happens we become more like him meaning we think more like him meaning that when we're faced with a five thousand person crowd and five pieces of bread like we don't look at that like it's hopeless let's go home we send yeah. these people away we look at that no god what are you saying right now and i think that that's such a good question that we can ask you know, when we're when we're in a situation where we're perplexed, we're confused, or maybe we're not confused, we just know that we don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's like, okay, God, is what, what do you, what do you want? Like, yeah. like what do you want me to see here? What do you want me to learn here? Yeah. And I don't I don't want to get out of balance with that, um, because uh, you know I think that some people can get out of out of balance to the point of, you know, I don't I don't believe that God is cruel. Yeah. So what I mean by that is God's not putting you in predicaments and like leaving you there until yeah. you figure out, like figure out the lesson, 
no, daughter, no, no. figure out the lesson, son. Right. You no. Get it right. And I'm not letting you out of there until you get it right. No. Like that's not that's, that's not, not the heart of God no, at all. No. You but just, you, in that situation, it when you find yourself in one of those difficult, confusing situations, that's just a good practice to, hey, God, is there something you want me to see while I'm here? Even in like small things, right. even in small things, you miss your flight. And and so often we're just, oh, man, I'm just oh, so mad. I'm just going to sit here and just be angry, Ooh, loud move. noises, <laughs> profanities. But how about... Okay, God, like I missed that flight. There was a reason. Why what, I what do you it. What do you have for me? What do you have for me while I'm here? Exactly. And maybe God says, maybe 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 God just I just want you to rest. God, maybe God says I want you to have time to finish reading that book you're reading. But maybe it's there's an encounter with someone He wants you to have, or someone's life that you have an opportunity to speak. Into. You know, it, it's it's not always these religious things that we make it. But the point is that we are we can be so quick and i think it just stems from that same mentality of lack that same sort of orphan spirit it stems from that where we can be so quick to think that god is not going to he he that he's he's not with us that he's not um at our back and he's not providing what we need in the given situation that we're in you know yeah yeah, I think it's, um, you used the word expectation before, and I think that that's connected in the sense that where is your expectation, you know? Uh, and that, that word expectation it always makes me think of that that uh, psalm that it says, uh, I lift my eyes up, up to the mountains. Where does my, my help come from? Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, if you walk with the Lord, but you have absolutely no expectation of him showing up for you, the what what is that then right yeah like you know what i mean like yeah um i need to have an expectation and i'm not saying that there's not hard things that we have to do in our lives but i've come to a place in my life where i actually feel that when something shows up that is unexpected i have expectation i have an expectation that my god will supply to my needs I got an expectation that my God will show up and show out. I have an expectation that I don't have to walk this alone. I have an expectation that he's fighting the battle for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if something comes my way and it seems unexpected for me, why would I think that God will let me or leave me by myself to deal with this. Yeah. Like you say, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like if something is um, not working or I'm dealing with something, <clears throat> why would I just resort to think he left me and I have to do this on my own? Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I don't have, and, and the fear of the Lord, I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm afraid of what God can do. No, 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 mm -hmm. no, that's not what I'm talking about. The fear of the Lord in the sense of the awe, the, just the awareness that I seek him. Mm -hmm. I look for his wisdom. There's men's wisdom and there's God's wisdom. I want God's wisdom because men's wisdom, I've tried it, I've used it. It always leaves me stranded. 
it it'll it it's it leaves me just a little bit short of where I need to be. Mm-hmm. But God's wisdom is infinite. And the truth is that I think sometimes as believers, we think that just because I'm saved now, just because I walk with the Lord now, my life is going to be peachy and have absolutely no no trouble, no nothing, no everything. Then let's listen. If that's what you think, then there will not be any growth in your life. Yeah. Then how can you experience yeah. God's blessing? Mm-hmm. Then how can you experience God's promotion? Yeah. Then how can you conquer and be a victorious as the word says, if there's nothing for you to conquer? Mm-hmm. You know, my my perspective of challenges and crisis has changed radically over the past few years. And I've come to understand that I I have been given by God the ability to endure whatever comes my way. Yes. So when the trouble comes, all I have to do is I have to endure it in him. If I can endure, if I can have this expectation that during this process, I'm developing character. He's developing his character within me. Mm -hmm. He's doing something in me because all things work for good for those who love the Lord. And I love the Lord. Yeah. So everything that's taking place in my life, I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm not scared. And I'm not saying that those emotions might not come at a moment. But when they come, I'm quick to say, ah, hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Holy oh. Spirit. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> no, that was just not do even it. Just do it. That was not even a purpose. Just do it. But, just do it one time. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's exactly it, what it is. Everybody, you know? do it. Everybody's doing it. I know everybody's doing the meme. But but how how simple that is, but how realistic it is. You know what yeah. I mean? That the when whatever is coming my way, I can stop and say, hey, wait. There's something else bigger here. Yeah. Because I walk by faith, not by sight. So even if what I'm saying seems to be wanting me to go to a place of desperation or to a place of turmoil, and and I'm and there are things that happen in our lives that bring those emotions, but we have to develop the ability to not dwell in that place too long. Yeah. Because God does not want me to deny my emotion either. He doesn't want me to deny when I'm distraught or when I when I feel, you know, sad or, or I feel sorrow or I feel grieve. You know? Like he understands that. But there's there's a beautiful thing that can take place when even when I feel that I can deal with that and still rise and yeah. still find that hope and and find that endurance and then rely in that grace and and move continue to move forward mm-hmm. but it's you know from that delight yourself in the lord there's delight and delight doesn't mean that you feel great all the time you know what i mean oh, yeah. like it's no. not it's no. not it's not that mm-hmm. It's not oh say you're happy all the time. Say you have right. joy. All the time. No 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 yeah. no. But there's something that he he does. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, that's a good place to wrap it up, everybody. Thank you guys for taking the time to check out this episode. If it blessed you, challenged you, encouraged you, if it added any kind of value to your day, if you consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, any of those things would be really really appreciated. So thank you guys so much. 
Uh, new episodes every Monday and Thursday live on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And then all these episodes, you can catch all past episodes available on the podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. Uh, so yeah, hope you guys have an awesome day. Bye, everybody.